one thing I have been having to say on stage recently is just because you're uncomfortable doesn't mean you're offended. And that's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable. I'm saying something that you probably wouldn't say and that you don't want to have an opinion perspective on, but I'm letting you know I'm willing to say it. So be uncomfortable, but you don't have to get offended because you think you should, especially if a group of people you don't even know. So I saw today's guest late one night while I was channel surfing. And no, he's not a porn star, so get your mind out the gutter. Uh, It was his stand-up special on Showtime called Can't Cancel This. And when I tell you I didn't just laugh because he was just that funny, I actually snorted. Like, for real snort, y'all. Anyway, Tone Bell, super talented brother. He's been on an array of different sitcoms from Whitney to The Fam. Um, I mentioned his stand-up special uh, that's currently on Showtime. And he's got a new movie in theaters that stars Issa Rae, Marseille Martin, and Regina Hall. So let's chop it up with Tone Bell. So like I just mentioned a moment ago, Tone Bell got on my radio, channel surfing, came across his Showtime comedy special, and he told a joke about student loans and being debt-free that just made me feel so seen. Take a listen. Took me 13 years, finally paid my student loans off. I started calling them every day, direct student loan. I started calling them every day to ask them what my balance is. I know what it is. But I want to hear him say it. <laughs> I call Monday morning. Hey, this is Tom Bell. Here's my social. Just checking to see, you know, what my balance is. Oh, uh, oh, Mr. Bell, you, your balance is zero. You goddamn right it is. So, Tom Bell, thank you for joining us. And see, that's what I call you talking about your student loans and and how you were so petty with those people. That's what I call that new money shit. You know what I'm saying? That's that new money shit. See, people with old money, they don't understand that. Right. Right. They can't relate to how liberating it feels to pay your bills on time, you know? I mean, Um, I'm raising that credit score, giving it to them on time. At first, they was asking for like $50, like $57 a Mm -hmm. month, and I was like, here goes 61. Ooh. A little sprinkle on top. (laughs) Don't say I didn't pay you. Don't say I didn't pay you. Yeah. Okay, And and now I'm all about this, like, paid off I'm still I'm like I call him just to make sure just like because it sound beautiful mm. so you, you don't you don't owe anything I'm sorry I could one more time can you repeat that one more time yeah for the cheap seats oh I owe nothing oh see the worst thing that happened to me was credit karma because like I just did you my, sign up for that yo I did I just checked my credit score just because I don't like, like give oh. my email address out you <laughs> I don't even sign up for Wi-Fi if I got to get my email address. Well, you, but that's why you have to have a dummy one. I'm going straight data. <laughs> you got to have a dummy one, the one that just where all the spam goes through. You don't even know my birthday. <laughs> but see, sometimes for me, and this is probably a little trifling, like I'll pay a bill late on purpose. Not like super late where they'll report it. You don't want the pink slip. Correct. Not that, but I'll pay, like if it's doing the 15th, mm-hmm. I'll pay it on like the 21st just so I can get in touch with my inner thug. Just, just so you can be like, you know no, no you're going to wait a little bit. I mean, you're, right, you're going to wait for this. I got it, but that's not the point. The point is I don't want to lose touch with who I am. So when I pay my cable, well, I don't have the cable bill anymore, but like the, the, my internet bill, when I, when I get my internet bill, say I give them like double of what it's supposed to be. So Ooh. now I got a credit, right? So when they send the bill and it's that negative, I just look, smile, and tear that bitch in half. <laughs> Yeah, if I really want to, you're going to have to cut me a check. 
And I'm super petty for stuff like that. I had a crazy, when I was living in Dallas, I had a crazy, my electric bill, I live in a small apartment, probably about the size of this room, and my electric bill every month for three months was like $400. And I was like, I'm not even here. So for three months, $1,200. And I called and they were like, you can write a letter and talk to the, I was like, you know, I'm not writing an essay. I'm out of college. I'm not writing no more essays. So now I'm like, cut it off. You told him to cut it and off? And she was like, what are you going to do? I was like, you don't care. You do not care about my power. So <laughs> cut that shit off. How, how are you going to? That ain't your concern, obviously. <laughs> that ain't your concern. I'm, I'm a, I, got a, I got a fireplace. I'm going to heat up a pot of water mm-hmm. on Open the stove. Oven. And I'm going to just wash up. Because obviously, you don't care about my lights. Cut that shit off. And what happened? And they cut the <laughs> <laughs> They cut that shit off. Huh? Cut, I had to go that to was a new like, company. You ain't the boss of me. Man, uh. it was it was a, it was about a week and a half. I found a new company. And they came because because what they was gonna do is like if we come check and we don't find nothing, they are gonna charge me for coming to check my own power. And I was uh. like, no. Nah, so what was it? Like why, why was your bill so high? It was like you know the little thing in the back of the building that spin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know the, is that your meter? You know, or? Yeah, the meter. That's okay. what I meant. Yeah, the All meter. Right. Just, just the meter. All right. You know the little disc on the, <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. Like, you Are know you what I'm talking about. Describing a the record player. Like, and my shit was, I mean. It was going. I mean, the BPMs was crazy. <laughs> right. I mean, did that happen to me one time? I had a running toilet and I didn't realize it. Ooh. And then I got that water bill and I was like, what the fuck been? Is there a waterfall <laughs> in my house? Like, what the hell happened? Who left the hose running? Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, and then it, and then I further understood why all those times where, you know, you get yelled at as a kid by your mom or your dad or your grandma about like, Shutting lights off, you know, not being able to use the cordless phone when it's lightning yep. as if that's related. But, you I know, mean, all, that's when it all kind of came back. I'm telling you, like, and now my parents come visit, I just, I leave lights on. Mm. I just leave. Tony, you need to, hey, this is my house. <laughs> I turn every light on here if I want to. Yeah. I'm good. I don't know. I ain't worried about that. I, I call that in some way, and I don't know how you grew up, and, and we can certainly get into that, but I, I call that kind of like the poverty version of PTSD. You know what I mean? It's like when I, now I do ignorant shit to compensate for the fact that I grew up broke. Yeah. And grew up poor. Yeah. Right? So like you mentioned cutting all the lights on. Well, like in my special, I talk about Klondike bars. Like, you don't think I had one last night? (laughs) And I I had company over and I was like, hey, it's Klondike bars in the freezer if anybody would like one. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's just, I mean, Val wouldn't get them growing up. It's my mom. Shout out to Val. And they they wouldn't buy them. So now I'm like, look, man, you come to my house, they stacked up like bricks of cocaine. (laughs) That's what you, you, just got, you, you just got a whole a whole freezer full of like Klondike bars. You open up the freezer, you're like, oh, oh, he into some other stuff. <laughs> well, it's like, uh, you know, I grew up on food stamps. And so whenever, you know, that first of the month when you would go and, you know, my mom would go to the grocery store. And then like for like the first two weeks, you live in it. You like, right. oh, snap, Capri Sun everywhere. Shrimp. And then that last week, you like, so uh, this ketchup sandwich is going to have to do. Man, you know, eating butt bread sandwiches. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I got a whooping one summer because my uncle was like, because I reached, because I, I was in the butt bread. My my dad got maybe like butt bread, so I was like, I thought it was what a is, thing. What is you this? know the butt bread? The butt of oh. <laughs> the ends of the loaf. The ends of the loaf. Okay. And it was like, <laughs> it was like <laughs> the fact you called it butt bread. I'm sorry, my mind was going a whole nother place. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> butt bread. Okay. The butt. The butt. The, butt, of the bread. The butt. The, the bread, the two pieces don't, no one usually Right, but wants. you know when you get down to like, so you got the two ends and you got two slices, I was like, you know what, somebody else going to want the good bread, I'm going to go ahead and sacrifice myself and get this butt bread. My uncle was like, that's the bread to keep the middle bread fresh. Why aren't you? <laughs> and I was like, but don't nobody out here want the butt bread. I was willing to sacrifice my meal to eat all crust so that you could enjoy the regular bread. 
team player. I did it for you. Yeah. Well, you have certainly come a long way from the butt bread days. I know. Now I'm out here gluten free. <laughs> right? <laughs> on some Cali shit, right? Obviously, uh, you have a lot of things going on in your career. Um, you have a new movie that's out with Issa Rae and Marseille Martin. Yep. Who, Regina Hall. The, Regina Hall, yeah. who that child might run the world. Oof. She already actually already yep. runs it. So dope. Yeah. What was that experience like to, to it was work cool. on this movie? It was, uh, it was cool. I had known Tina Gordon Chisholm, who, who directed it. Uh, uh, I knew Regina for a couple years. I've been in contact with Issa. Like, I've known Issa a little bit. We had never worked together. And Will Pack I already knew because he produce a show I did on NBC a couple years ago called Truth Be Told with Brisha Webb. And uh, and so I was already familiar with Will and them. And man, it was just that, you know, I got the audition called and they called, hey, you got it. Come to Atlanta. And I'm from Atlanta, so it was nice to be able to be there for a few weeks. But it was an unbelievable experience, man. You know, a lot of, just a lot of fun. They let me, you know, Mikey Day came in town and, and um, I didn't have a whole lot of things with Regina because of the, you know, the, the, dynamic. Little, the littleness. Yes. Right? Okay. And, um, and <laughs> you know, the point of the movie. But it was just, it was so much fun. It was like being at summer camp and, you know, you learn your lines, you shoot it, everybody's having a good time, everybody's funny and just, it's great to uh, work on a project where everybody wants to have fun. Mm. Yeah, I know the premise of the the movie, obviously, um, but your character, Preston. Preston, right? yeah. Okay, so what what's your character? Uh, like? he, I mean, basically, you know, he works in the office with uh, with with Issa, and uh, he's like a um, app developer, and they, you know, they share a little, you know, a couple side eyes, okay. and like, you know, all right, right, all right. you know, it might be some smooching and stuff and okay. the stuff happening. But Ooh, yeah, a little love scene. We, huh? we, you know, we flirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, here we go. Oh, do we? <laughs> But it's a, yeah, it's a cute movie, and, and uh, you know, it's it's a, you know anti-bullying and like you know believing your dreams, and and there's a lot of good messages in there. But it's also real silly, and, and it's a lot of fun. And so I think it, it does a nice job of like volume back and forth between like, oh, what am I taking away from this movie? Also, it's a lot of fun. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, working with Issa, man, we we have we cr- I hope they play some uh, at some point, get some some uh, bloopers in the credits because we had a lot of. I mean, Regina is a is a nutcase. <laughs> People don't understand how funny she is. She is. I mean, if they they I'm sure they, I mean they've seen her her career, but like um, having interviewed her before and um, being at social events with her, like she is legitimately funny. She is so funny. Yeah, like, we we was going uh, we were going over. We was see now you make me be comfortable. I'm getting back. No, no, that's how it's supposed to go. Go All ahead. Right, cool. Abonics, oh, you said supposed to. Okay. Yeah, supposed to. Abonics is welcome here. Yeah, I like to <laughs> call it colloquialisms, but whatever. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> At, but yeah, I mean, we just, she was talking to me about, she was, uh, all these, all these old dudes been trying to date her. <laughs> Regina was like, all these 60 year old dudes coming at me, what I need to be doing? I go, look, man, first of all, when they come at you and they go, listen here, I was like, you already, listen here. <laughs> Is that the old? Sweetheart, listen here. <laughs> you, you come out the gate with that, you got to shut that down immediately. You giving them too much room. Okay. I said, look, man, like, if, if, dude, if a dude drive a Buick. You about to shave Buicks. The new Buick, no, but these, these ain't new Buicks. Oh, oh, these like old, like cutlasses. Like these, these are old back. carpet on the seats. <laughs> you know, they got that one long row in the front. <laughs> Don't act like that row wasn't comfortable. Don't act like it wasn't that, comfortable. Man, them Buicks got two spare tires. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sad. That's just I'm getting sorry, but everybody, got, everybody know that dude. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it's funny because uh, when I was single a uh, long, long, long time ago, I actually found it the, to be the opposite. It was like all the young dudes was trying to holler. You know, I mean, you know, above but you're talking 21. about but, 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 how, but how old were you at the time? Um, in the time I was in my, I guess it'd be my late 30s. That's how you learn. <laughs> oh. When I was 21, that's how I learned. Oh, you were hollering at older women? Man, I worked at the skate rink when I was in college, and I'm taking all these moms down. <laughs> <laughs> you no, 
going? You gonna be here Saturday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just skating. I'm just <laughs> skating, protecting their kids. Oh, how old is you six? What are you doing later? Oh, okay. I'm telling you, look, man, it's a you know, look, market, huh? That's that's where a young dude learns how to how to how to perform. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you know, I certainly want to talk to you about your your path to Hollywood. I yeah. think it's so fascinating that you used to be a first grade teacher. Taught first grade, yeah, first out of college, man. I was I was so I was so young mm-hmm. that like um, I graduated the summer before I turned 21. I was turning 21 that summer, I guess, late that summer. And like I really couldn't get a job. So I was like still throwing some parties and stuff here and there. And then a, 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 a frat brother, Mama Alpha, uh, Alpha Five, uh, and he goes, uh, I think I can get you in to be like a permanent sub. And then, you know, if they want you, then stick around. So it was a great transition to go, oh, now I can just hang out with a, I'm silly. I'm still a kid. I'm going to hang out with these six-year-olds. And they were hilarious, man. I have 14 kids. Let me tell you something. When you teach like that, it breaks down like who people are. Like it's gonna be two geniuses, mm-hmm. two. <laughs> you trying to think of a politically correct word? To two go... that you like. I don't know about this mm, one. We gonna need some extra attention. <laughs> okay. You're, right. gonna, you're gonna need to. You're gonna need to have some extra attention. Okay. And everybody else kind of like fell in the middle, but that's how you know people's IQs work and like how much time you spend at home and who you can tell who got the love, and who's who's. Whose parents were around, mm-hmm. you know? So, man, they graduated. They graduated last year. Wow. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, did any of them keep in touch with you, or? I had a my all pair in the room uh, at one point. She went to Atlanta. Wait, from did Savannah. you just say all, all pair? Is it all pair right? Yeah. No, but I'm just impressed that you just used the word all, all pair. I mean, I, did, I, do I have mean, a you did. You were a teacher. The illustrious. Know. University by the sea, Savannah State University. So yes, I know okay. what a all pair is, uh-huh. and, if, and we're not gonna tell you what it is. If you don't know what it is, look that shit up. Okay, and it's A U pair P A I R. Oh yeah, because somebody think P E A R. No, right, right, I left like maybe three, four weeks before the school year was over because I got this small role in an HBO film. I got cut out of, and I left. I left like, oh, gotta go, man. Hollywood call. Are you serious? <laughs> I, got, I got straight cut out. Oh, man. Were you like bragging to people and saying I, like, y'all, you uh, got to, yeah, you know, I got to go. Got this, got this HBO thing, do, you know what you know. I'm saying, real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just, you know, went on there like you and I was like, oh, God, I'll be there. And uh, went to wardrobe, played a slave. Wait, wait, time out, time out. So your first foray. I said slave because it was easy to say. I played a field hand. <laughs> you played a field hand? <laughs> And it was this long, it was like this one. Wait, like, what movie was this? Man, I don't even want to say this. <laughs> <Somebody> <laughs> no, you got to tell me now. It's called Warm Springs uh, with Warm Cynthia Springs. Nixon and. Uh, Wait, but from Sex in the City? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wait, yeah, she, was yeah. she a slave owner? I'm going to be so disappointed. No, she played Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor Roosevelt. Okay. Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah, so, uh, and they were like, and it was like this, cl- it was like this pan shot going across and just like, you know, do that real. <laughs> Shout out to Roy Wood Jr., man, because he does, he, it, when it's first special, he makes his joke. But like the slow motion, like, <laughs> I'm grabbing something from the field, and then you look up because you see it. Tra- <laughs> oh, you, man. The slow motion, the slow motion doves flying out. <laughs> and it, like, it's, then they see us, and then they also did a uh, one from the train. Mm-hmm. And so that's the one. Man, <laughs> I'm I'm in such a in the distance you can't even see me. Right, you're like a little little speck of a. It's like four hand. of us, or four of us. We all look up, man. You see the movie later. You're like, oh, okay, all right. This this could happen because it still happens now. But like you know, you shoot a scene and then it don't make it in. Right. You know, so it ends up on the on the floor. So, but yeah, that was my first experience. Like, okay, this this don't matter at all. So when they when they you know when you discovered you're, you knew going in you're gonna be playing a slave. There was a party like, man, I'm really setting field us back. Hand. I'm sorry, a field hand. <laughs> Field That's hand. like a downgraded slave, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, I feel like it's an upgrade in 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 uh, position title. Yeah. Okay. That's you true. You know what I mean? Rather it, than just slave. Yeah. Like field hand is a little. Yeah. You probably a little li- more. 
You might not live on property. Right, right. I come true. to work. I don't stay at work. That's a good point. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's a good point. I never really looked it up, but, I, but at least I'm going to say that's what it is. I'm guessing it went a little bit differently. That You you didn't punch in and punch out of, of slavery. No, no, no. You know, no, you up when they tell you to be up. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, it wasn't optional despite what kind When that says. rooster go off, you're like, you better get <laughs> Absolutely. Woo! Slave jokes. Love them. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, did that, did you feel, I don't know, not, not necessarily like a like a failure because you got cut out, but like, was that a, you know, a setback in your mind? No, nah, it was like, it, it, it was a learning experience. I mean, mm-hmm. at the time, you, you know, you sometimes you don't realize like, okay, you got to... I mean, I didn't have a manager, didn't have an agent. This is like, you know, cattle call, open call, and thought like, oh, this, even though I don't have like, I can, I had like one word I had to say, like, like oh, look over, you know, something look like yonder. <laughs> look over, chill. Hey, there. <laughs> it was like that. And then, then I realized, like, I was like, man, I wasn't even mic'd up. <laughs> oh, no. no. So they just saw you mouthing the but words. But I'm like 21. I'm 21. Don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just looking at a movie called. I'm good. Yeah, I right. left Savannah, went to Rome, Georgia, shot that man. So it was like, but also I've been learning. I didn't, when I got here, I didn't know the certain things I had to learn. When I got on my first show for NBC, I didn't know I had a stand in. I just saw a dude wearing the exact same thing as me. And I was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> and they were like, who? I was like, the motherfucker dressed just like me. And they were like, I'll do it. When you, when you take breaks, he stands in. And so the cameras can get it right. I was like, let me tell y'all something. Y'all need to tell people. Y'all know I'm new at this. <laughs> right. You Y'all need to tell people who man. that is, okay? He's them being a great guy. still know him to this day. He's actually my current stand-in now. Look at that. Yes, great dude. Robert, shout out. But like, yeah, it, I'm telling you, like, you need some, it is, I, maybe you should write that book. That's the man y'all need to need Yeah, to, like what you need to know about Hollywood you know. before you get there. But I'm sure, I mean, as you were going through this process, like, as you, you know, let people in on your dream and said, hey, I want to be in Hollywood, like, how do people react and, and respond when it's, you told I, them? Very few people are super positive, but it's it's not a. I don't think it's. I think a lot of times people don't know how to support, versus versus them coming at you going like they might talk about you behind your back like uh, he about to do comedy. He, I mean, he okay. He, I mean, he he I funny. He not great, you know. <laughs> right. So it's. I think that's why it was easier kind of for me to start in Dallas instead of Atlanta because I had thought about it, but I didn't start in Atlanta because I was I was like, man, I don't know if I'm gonna have a support here. And it's like I might be taken down, and my ego might be too ruined to even make the make the jump. So when I got to Dallas, I didn't know anybody. It was easy to go. If nothing else, I'll make some friends, even if I'm bad at this. But also, there's no pressure here. I can just go up and like treat it like a piece of art. Couldn't do a play. I had a day job, so it was like one of those things to like have an outlet to be able to express myself. So it was it was it was nice. I mean, but even my parents, until stuff started popping, I mean, my you know nobody in my family's in entertainment. Nobody knows how to to go. How the joke's going? <laughs> Are, right. So, did you have a tryout for the show? It's an audition. <laughs> a tryout, <laughs> <laughs> but nobody really knows because you know it, when when you don't know, you're ignorant to it. So they kind of learn. I mean, I, I I made my parents watch Entourage. And did that help? It did help. <laughs> okay, because now they know the difference between agents, managers, publicists. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, certain shows, how commercial auditions work, how movie auditions work, and. Uh, PR and, and casting and who the gatekeepers are and studio heads, all that kind of stuff. So it's it, it was really like a nice crash course for them. I mean, other than some a lot of the nudity and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, she's like, is that what's happening? <laughs> like, is that the lifestyle you'll be in? All right. But yeah, you know, it's, it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it was a great a great uh, like tool for them to so they could at least like see how it the lay of the land of it. 
you mentioned, you know, people like that know you and might even think and, you know, your friends and stuff who might think you were, you're funny and, and all this stuff, but they don't know if like, oh, is he funny enough to be on a stage? But right. like, when did you know you were funny enough to command a stage, you know, obviously have a, a comedy special, which you have like that kind of funny? I mean, I think when I was in Dallas, everybody was, there was one comic who was kind of, you know, he made it to last comic standing. He was touring. He was doing colleges, you know, big, uh, Chris Alonzo, uh, uh, Paul Varghese. There was a bunch of comics who had kind of been plucked out to go, hey, we want you to do bigger stuff. So everybody was kind of leaning towards what they were doing. And I wanted to tell stories. I was a huge fan of Bill Cosby himself, just like back in the day. And a huge fan of Eddie and huge fan of uh, Patrice O'Neill and Bill Burr. And, and you know, the, the I mean, even now, like Nate Bergazzi and, and Kyle Kinney, who like can tell a story and be kind of quiet in it. Uh, Ch Chappelle, Chris Rock, you know, the list is endless because I just like comedy. But I didn't want to do jokes. And so people told me like not to. Don't tell stories. You'll never get you. You can. You're wasting time. Why are you being silent? And at the point when I got to, you know, we talking about on the way here actually is the is the I get to a bar show because that's where you start out. You don't start out in the club, not all the time. So you start out in the bar. Nobody knows you coming to watch a show. And the moment when everybody, when you realize people are listening to you instead of heckling, or playing with their phone, or talking to somebody else, like when everybody stop and listen, you're like, oh, I'm co controlling this entire room right now. And it was like, if nothing else, as long as I can take that silence and make it a laugh later, then I got something here. And then it just kind of was like, oh, I'm a storyteller in Dallas. And then a lot of dudes were like, oh, if he can tell stories, I can tell stories. So a lot of dudes end up sounding like me. Mm. And then, like, But that's always what happens. I mean, you know, anybody has an influence in their scene. And then you go, oh, I, I made a mark, at least, if nothing else. So I was there for four and a half, five years and then decided to, to move out here. And then you get to that point where you go, man, I don't care if I bomb. I hope I don't bomb. But if I do, it's like I just know I got to work on it because I believe in this bit. Right. So, I mean, have you had that bombing experience? Well, or? I almost bombed last Friday. Like, like that recently? <laughs> man, I almost bombed. It was, I, did this, I did this show at the, the LA Athletic Club. And half the people knew it was a show. The other people was like, I'm trying to eat my dinner. <laughs> oh, they didn't know. And it was kind of like a Soul House vibe. It's like a private okay. club or whatever. And so uh, it, was, it was cool, but... I couldn't really get the bits out because nobody wanted to respect it. They didn't know. And, and you know, it's one of those, I did maybe three bits, but I'm powering through. I do a lot, a lot of crowd work, kind of ruffle some feathers just so we go, what he say? Thank you. Now be quiet. And then, <laughs> right. and then I could go in and out. But but also, it's it, that's great practice for me because I'm so used to being in comedy clubs where people are coming to see comedy. Mm -hmm. And now they're coming to see me versus coming to see a comedian. Three, four years ago, people were coming to see a dude who's doing comedy. Now it's like, oh, Tone's in town. Let's go see Tone. So right. that transition is happening. When you go do a bar show and nobody gives any fucks, zero fucks. How many fucks you got on you? Ah, fresh out. Like <laughs> nobody has any, any fucks to give. And then they just don't care about your dream. But also they don't know it's your dream. They don't know what I've done. They just showed up to have a drink with their wife. Right. Man, it was eight-year-olds in there. Wait, what? <laughs> Man, it was, some kid, it was some children in there. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, you say fuck? <laughs> And he like he just gave me a small nod. I was like, "It's okay, your mama know you say." <laughs> you cast a child that <laughs> you know what <laughs> you are ridiculous. I, had, I was a little boy with like he's like he's like this is like a six year old with uh, Kawhi Leonard braids and um, don't what you just had to mention that the straight backs. I got I, you. I just, okay. I just want you to. I want you to. You I, want me to visualize? I like to give a good visual. You. Yeah, all good. He had the Kawhi Leonard's, but like, but he five, so he didn't do it himself. Yes, it, that's bad parenting. I, but I like I like Kawhi for sticking with it. Hey man, it's your brand. You stick with it. I I can't wait for him to uh, get like a little tassel hanging off the back of his New Balance shoes. <sighs> what? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, because look, he got you. Got to have a logo. You got to have your thing. Let's just <laughs> okay. 
All right. Well, look, you mentioned uh, some of the comedy greats that you admired. When we come back, I want to ask you some more about, you know, just how comedy has changed since the Bill Cosby's, the Eddie Murphy's, since they regularly, you know, were putting out stand-ups that um, it's a game that me and my friends often like to play called Would That Be Made Today? We'll talk about that in a minute. Okay, Tom, so you talked about how you drew at least some uh, inspiration from, you know, Bill Cosby and how you're just a student and a fan of uh, of comedy. You know, for you, especially in this culture now, I mean, we've seen what's happened to other comedians. We saw what happened with Kevin Hart in the, in the Oscars. Like, how... <laughs> what, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you have thoughts on that. I'll, I'll ask you about that in no, a moment. No, don't ask me about thoughts on that. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm asking your thoughts on that. But, uh, you know, how do you stay funny in 2019 without offending anybody? I think I've done a pretty good job of of lightly tackling some stuff that that's on my mind, but at the same time, like all my stuff, everything I talk about is is real to me, like it's true stories. So you can't take that away from me. So it's not it's not up to you to tell me I can't talk about me. Mm-hmm. So if I have a perspective or an opinion on something outside of me, then okay, you can you can weigh it. But if it's about me, you have no say so in how how I can conduct myself in 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 the story that I'm I'm presenting to you. So. It's difficult. It's difficult. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I wanna I wanna touch, but then that's always not been my brand too. I'm I'm pretty clean. I tell a story. I like silence. I like people thinking with me. But I mean, it's it's hard, man. Like you, you take one thing I have been having to say on stage recently is just because you're uncomfortable doesn't mean you're offended. And that's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable. I'm saying something that you probably wouldn't say and that you don't want to have an opinion perspective on, but I'm letting you know I'm willing to say it. So be uncomfortable, but you don't have to get offended because you think you should, especially if a group of people you don't even know. Don't. Until you know them. Like, I, here's the thing. I don't like when people ask for apologies. Like, if I want to apologize, <laughs> I'm going to apologize. Right. But don't be like, hey, you need to apologize to me. I go, I'm sorry. No, I don't care. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> I'm not. Don't. Mm. I, it didn't sound sincere. That's because you forced me. I was. I, it was coming. I was drafting a letter. But now it's like you'll never get it. But now it's like now it's not gonna seem real because you had to ask me for it, right? You know, so. Well, that that sort of brings me to you know Kevin Hart and he, uh, as a lot of people know, um, but just to refresh for those who who don't remember, you know, he was supposed to host the Oscars. He wound up pulling out of that because uh, some tweets came to came to light again um, about things that some some inappropriate jokes that he made about you know if he had a gay son and. Uh, and it was something he had actually already addressed. Uh, and then when they resurfaced, once he got the Oscars gig, uh, he then kind of went on a bit of a media tour. First, he was kind of defensive about it and said, no, I'm not apologizing. I already addressed it. And then he went on a big media tour to talk about how he wasn't apologizing it, which I found to be a little odd. Yeah. Um, the way he kind of <clears throat> handled that. But um, w- what did you make of that situation? I, th- I thought the conversation was was worth it. I don't think it was handled the best way. I just I think it came back too many times, and and it just it and it's not anybody's trying to sweep it under the rug. It's, it's like you got. I mean, I, and I talk about it in my special. Really, it's like it's my perspective twenty years ago ain't what it is now. So let me give credit when I say this. Uh, there's a comedian in in uh, Dallas named Aaron Armpour who has a who had a joke ten years ago where he says, uh, "If you don't think people change in ten years, he goes look at a second grader and a senior in high school." People change, man. 
You can't ask that same dude the question that you used to ask him because he was seven. And now he graduated from high school. He has a better perspective. It's two different things. You got to let somebody grow. So I think it, the conversation went on too long, but at the same time, it was worth having. I just think it was handled poorly. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I think Kevin would have been a great host. We all know that Kevin doesn't really talk topical stuff unless it's about himself. So it's like, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to have to do a new set on something I don't normally do to make you feel better about it. Now it's the elephant in the room. It's like, well, y'all going to have to kill that elephant. Right. <laughs> At some <laughs> that, point. The yeah. elephant's dead. Okay. But, but my only thing was that, and, and I have learned this uh, myself. I've had to go through it myself. Um, so back in 2008, I was suspended uh, from ESPN. Were you? Uh, yeah, this was 2008. Never, you know? ne- don't even you remember. You never it. heard about this, right? <laughs> so I was suspended because I wrote a column um, about the Celtics. And when, when I was growing up, you know, I'm, I'm getting from Detroit. Everybody I knew hated the Celtics. Of course we hated the Celtics. You know, they stood in our way for a championship. You know, the, probably the closest I ever came to crying was in 87. Uh, when ever? <laughs> I mean, over uh, no, not a ever. lot of shit's happened. My bad. My bad. Let me, is... <laughs> let me let me amend that. <laughs> the closest I've come to crying over a sporting event okay. was okay. in '87 All right. when the pass was stolen from Isaiah. You know, burst of the ball. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Somebody somebody write an article about you. Like, yeah, Jamel Hill doesn't cry. Yes, I know, right? So <laughs> that would have be been a headline right there. So you saved me. So thank you. I should have put that in proper context. <laughs> uh, so anyway, people hated the Celtics, and I, I mean, let's be real. In general, most black people I knew hated the Celtics. Absolutely. Okay. So, you almost had to. You, Even if you wanted to watch, you better watch in secret. But yeah. <laughs> exactly. You better be like, I think I like Robert Parrish. But maybe not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Doc. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you really, you know, it really wasn't a thing. So then they get, of course, they get Kevin Garnett. They have, you know, Paul Pierce, Ray mm-hmm. Allen. And suddenly, it's cool for black people to like the Celtics. Yeah. Right? And then they're drawing in this a lot of love and people like love this team. And I even noticed that Detroit friends of mine were rooting for the Celtics to win a championship. Right. And I thought that was really odd. So I wrote a, a column about, you know, how abhorrent that was that people were now rooting for the Celtics and from my perspective of what it had been. And so I had two lines in that, in this column that actually, when I think about it, like it's amazing. This made it pass the better. <laughs> I made an R Kelly joke. <laughs> did you? I did. I made Wait. an R. Kelly joke. I don't even remember what it was, to be honest. I was like, I made an R. Kelly joke. It's on the PDF somewhere. I'm going to go look that yeah, up. No, it, the column is still up somewhere. Yeah. Sadly, if you Google my name in Hitler, this comes up. So um, so then I made a joke that uh, in the column, like, that's like rooting for the Celtics is like rooting for Hitler or whatever. Something. Yeah, I actually said that. I know yeah, I can't believe I'm, I wrote that. But I'm, I, even now, I'm like, I don't see the problem. No, but you what? You're a comedian. It's different. I mean, ESPN, you know, ESPN.com. This is the first major controversy I've ever had to deal with in my career. And I mean, I don't put it off on the editors at all. A lot of people, you know, often try to get me to kind of blame them. I was like, no, I wrote it. So I have to be. You got to own it. Yeah. I got to own it and acknowledge the fact it was fucked up and it was dumb. And, you know, that's why I leave the comedy to people like you. Okay, so the backlash from that was ridiculous. Right. You might imagine Boston, they were a little annoyed. Mm-hmm. Okay, Celtics fans were annoyed. I mean, they somehow, I know one of the, the major stations uh, in Boston, they gave out my number and like, oh my That's goodness. That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. So it was just a lot going on. It was, I mean, in, in 08, I mean, it's, a, it's miraculous. That's so petty. Yeah, they they did <laughs> That's it. That's so petty. They okay, did it, and so for a long time, you know, I was getting hate mail, and even at the game itself, I because uh, it was when the Celtics were playing the Lakers in in the finals, and 
even at the game, there were people like holding up signs about how much they hated me because one of my bosses saw it and told me. And so, um, again, a lot of backlash. If that happens in 2018 or 2019, I'm fired. No question. Yeah. yeah right. In 08, yeah. luckily, I wasn't. But that being said, I know it's on my career ledger and I'm asked about it a lot. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Right. And, you know, thankfully, that whole Donald Trump thing happened. So I'm asked about that way more. But nevertheless, uh. it's good. I mean, but every time I'm asked, I don't say I've already addressed that. Right. I just answer the question. I say, hey, I was dumb. I was young. It was a stupid thing to write. I, you know, somebody like that who's obviously one of the most monstrous figures in history and given the you know the 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 total carnage that he caused, right. like I, that sh- I should have I should have known better, and I own it every time I'm asked. Okay. And so my point with Kevin is that even though he had apologized for that previously and had done it previously, you can never answer that question when they ask you about something you've done and say I already addressed that. Because then people don't, and you might be tired of it, and I get it. And I it, understand ugh. you don't want to keep apologizing for shit you did before, and, okay, but you kind of okay. have to. But that's that poking the bear, right? You keep poking that bear, and it's like anytime you're in a relationship, especially intimate one, like anything romantic, and it's like, hey, sorry, sorry I'm late, didn't mean to disappoint you, I didn't mean to let you down. Why, why weren't you on time? I got caught up, traffic was crazy. But you could have just, I know, I was on the phone with my manager, this, but you could... Look, man. I just told you I said I was sorry, (laughs) and I was sorry. But now, if you don't shut the fuck up, we ain't going nowhere. So either get in, put your seatbelt on, or we ain't gonna make it to dinner in the first place. Are you hungry? Are you hungry? (laughs) But we've been over this four times already. I'm really sorry. I I got here. I'm now, and you can't keep poking that bear. But also, let's take a step before that. Let's take a step before that. Before now, you writing this piece, okay? Before the backlash comes, when are we gonna start separating the art from the artist? Dude, we can't do it. Why? With certain with certain things. Why? With certain things. I think it's look, it's levels to this, right? There are we certain all things know that I you can didn't totally really mean, separate. We all should know that you didn't really mean Hitler. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Could it have been a better example? Sure. Could yeah. you have thought of something else? Hey, as one of my boys said, uh, he he left me a voicemail. He said, next time, Stalin. No one ever gets upset nobody about ever. Joseph Stalin. No one ever gets upset nobody, about that. Nobody ever Mussolini, about- no one ever gets upset, right? Uh, 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 Genghis Khan. Nobody. There, there you go. Genghis Khan. Nobody I go back ever further. thinks about, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> there's a lot of, I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying there should be a version of being able to go, okay, maybe this was a piece of work or piece of art that didn't sell like the last piece or it's not as what you wanted to see from this is but also you have to separate that from the person because now we're we're one person we used to be able to separate why i'm saying this and then when i get off stage i'm a different i'm a different dude or i wrote this in the i'm a journalist and then the you can't the fact that it bleeds together i mean the social media is probably the biggest problem with it you can't get outside of it right but everybody thinks you are that dude but you you brought up i mean a good point about not really allowing we live in a culture now that doesn't allow people to evolve i mean we've all evolved i mean you know just thinking about sort of the way when i was growing up the way i heard gay people talk about and and queer people talked talked about and what was said in open view by everybody versus now it is it is like night and day like it's not even the same i wish i i knowing what i know now i would have never called my friends gay growing up in the 90s that Which was everybody fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Did. Don't be so gay. <laughs> right. Whatever. Yep. Okay. Now, and I talk about it in my special. Now, I got plenty of gay friends. I would never want to hurt their feelings or a culture that I respect. I mean, it's it's something that okay. I I 
it's like there's a cordiality amongst people that should that should work out. Like I have a boss that emailed me or, or he put a Facebook post up yesterday, right? I have a dude who was my boss, but he said uh, I worked with Tone years ago at Anheuser Busch, right? I have another boss that I clearly would go. He worked for me years ago at Anheuser Busch, and there's a way to put things now that that maybe you shouldn't say, but like. He's given this one that actually made the post is giving me credit. Go like, man, things have changed because like twenty years ago he was said, work for me. Now it's like, no, we're equals, even though we didn't have the same position, and we have to start thinking more when it comes to that, how, how to put things in context because it's not all about. I mean, I say I've had to say on stage, I'm taking ten minutes out of my hour long show to, to go look, man. It's not offensive, it's uncomfortable, and and that has to do with everything. Now, I'm not trying to. I'm trying to make a point, but also if you only listen to a soundbite, why? I got no shot. Right. There's no PDF for sound. <laughs> right. You know exactly. what I mean? There's no. There's nothing. There's nothing. The only look. It, it better. It better be on Instagram because you can't rewind on. You watch a video on Instagram. You watching the whole sixty seconds. Right. <laughs> you gonna have to like if if the people just took that little piece. That's it. Mm. So are there jokes that you told five years ago you don't tell anymore? Man, there that are recorded. No. That are. Recorded. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There, there's some. There's some. There's some. Because I never really was like I always wanted people from eighteen to eighty to be able to. I mean, I say fuck and I, and I cuss, but like I, I want people to be but able to enjoy it. generally speaking, yeah. But I mean, there are a couple things that I think are hilarious that I think are really funny, but also only if you're in the mood. And I got to be able to read my audience to go, are you in the mood? But also, you have to let me try shit. Mm -hmm. Why can't I try it? Okay, you know this is what I do. I'm going to, I mean, there's a joke I used to do that had to do with that that I definitely wouldn't do now unless I knew it was perfect. And I don't know how I would try to figure out how if it was perfect. I mean, it was a sexual assault joke. Mm -hmm. But it's something that I'm just trying to figure me out. Like, what what do I make work? What is there? And I've, here are the comments get away with it. But it's some stuff that if you start out that way, you can respect. They go, oh, this dude tells dirty jokes. And he doesn't mean it. And it's crazy. And uh, I mean, oh, my God. I, I want to say it, but I'm I'm literally... Thinking about my career, yeah, no, it's like don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, I won't do it. But it's, but but it's it's. But I do think there's a time and place. And if you I mean, you come you come to a comedy club after 10 p.m., you get what you get. Look, if you can drink if, if you if you can drink alcohol, I sometimes I don't know what I'm gonna say. So hopefully you can relax and go, man. I don't know if I like that. The rest of the show was great, but don't judge me off of one right off of one bit that like didn't go well right now. Okay, putting that joke aside, is there someone or something you want to joke about so badly? But you're like worried that, you know, that it, how it will how it will come. I, out. I did finally step into to uh, an R. Kelly. See, I I, did. I, I know you were gonna I say did. R. Kelly. I did. <laughs> I just I just did an interview a couple weeks ago with Dude. Asked me, he was like, "Are you going to touch, uh, you know, Jesse Smollett or R. Kelly or Michael Jackson?" And and so many comics do that well already that you can see, you know, the roundabout, you know, how, how they how they bring it together. And I'm always impressed with it, but also it's still topical for me. So. I don't like to do topics where it's going to be old in six months. However, we've been dealing with Kelly for thirty co years, couple decades. Now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, like, so uh, <laughs> you know, he's staying, he's staying in, in front of us. But yeah, so I mean, you know, like when I'm when I'm out of town, when I'm back on tour, yeah, I'm hitting this. You you got our Kelly job. Yeah, got our Kelly job. <laughs> well, look, I mean, it it wasn't. It was obviously very serious, and we know the normal platitudes. But but it's, but it's not about. It's it's going back to like, look, man, I. I like Chocolate Factory, okay? <laughs> I'm not giving it up. I can give You're up a lot of other albums. Okay. But also I can separate the art from the artist because I don't condone anything right. in his personal life. But I mean, I just remember a lot of birthdays, anniversaries, graduations, and special events that 
Step in the Name of Love came on, you know, right. or, or any that was a good album. So if you were getting married, and I got good memories from a bad person, but that don't mean I can't separate. I can't listen to this song because if you start trying to tear down everybody who had some some shit, we gonna be out here listening to the Barney theme song. So you, Happy Birthday gonna be the only song we can we could do. So Hokey are you, Pokey. Are you saying if you if you were getting married tomorrow, you would pay Step in the Name of Love at your wedding? I ain't say it was gonna be at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but if it come on at your wedding, you're right. Then you're like, okay. I'm gonna wait till some. I'm gonna wait till you know four or five people get out there. Right. You gonna see? You gonna read the rules? Yeah. First. I mean, you know who else? Who else? All right. <laughs> I'm still on the edge of the dance floor. Just that. Just that weird part where where it comes up just about an inch <laughs> from the carpet. From the carpet to where that little right. to that little brass the, threshold the little, is. <laughs> until, until you get to the Clippers type floor, right? That's then, 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 then I'm gonna right. stand out there, but I ain't gonna take no photos. Well, I, I just again, that's why I said there's levels to it. Like it's certain people who have done certain things that I'm just like, yeah, I don't love that they did that, but it's cool. Pyt yeah. means something different now. Well, but but now this is the uncomfortable part about R. Kelly. I, aside from "Step in the Name of Love," is that so much of his songs. Related to the crimes he actually did, man, don't they? So I feel creepy now, it, right? Listening to his music, yeah. And and, uh, and and when you hear this joke, I got. <laughs> hear, I'm not saying it right now. I'm still right. working on it, but it's it's coming. All right, it's I, coming. And, and when and when you hear, it, you're gonna be like, "This motherfucker's a genius." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt. But Michael Jackson's a little harder. That's a little. He's a little more difficult to cancel. And I, I'll be fully honest. I have not canceled. Michael Jackson's music. There's a series that, that I watched, uh, and if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. I think, it, I think it's pretty dope. It's on Cinemax, and Mike Judge, is it Mike Judge has it? The dude who did King of the Hill has a, uh, have you seen Tales of the Tour Bus? Um, no, I have Tales not. Tales from the Tour Bus, something like that? I've heard, I've heard about it, though. And it's, the first one is on like country folk singers, the first season. Second season on like, uh, is like R&B, uh, funk, soul. So, and they go back and they talk about a lot of, a lot of shit, but... <sighs> You start, you like, they, and, and it's not even a deep dive. Right. They, and they, they scratch the surface of some stuff. You're like, oh, they could have went, they could have went darker. And if we start trying to dig through everybody's stuff and find footage, you ain't going to be able to like nobody. Yeah. I mean, as, as people say, like all your faves are problematic in some way. And it, I mean, and it, it, it's different. Uh, it's funny how a threshold applies for some people or some industries, but not others. Like, I don't think say not all the time with certain things yes but like actors i don't think get necessarily the same scrutiny that I we're disagree. seeing musicians you oh know, i mean get. I, don't, I don't think i don't think it's just, I, right, I agree with that yeah but i do think because like even my publicist years ago my old publicist goes uh i don't want you having drinks on instagram anymore like you know party all this kind of stuff and i go i'm sorry i got i have to yeah because it's the only time you see me be me right because otherwise it's very professional but also i don't want to make myself look like I'm perfect. Like because it's even worse. If do you I mess get drunk up, sometimes? Right? I do. Yeah, I do. Do well, I cuss? Grow. I do. <laughs> like, do I flirt with chicks? Yeah, I do. So I'm not. You're not gonna hold me in this box. So I don't mean put on this pedestal. Like, oh man, this dude like loves his mom and he goes to church every Sunday. You're gonna paint this picture of me. Then the one time you see me out in the street, you're gonna be like, Tone is fucked up, man. <laughs> I'm always fucked up. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Every Saturday, I have a little fun to myself. As you are allowed. And don't put me in that box like he don't do nothing. Nah. Well, one thing I'm really happy about is that by the time Twitter and really social media exploded, I already was grown and had like, you know, I was already at ESPN when that happened. So I didn't have to worry about somebody digging up tweets when I was 16 mm -hmm. saying things that were all fucked up because I, that wasn't, I was I didn't grow up with social media. Right. Are you, do you live with any fear or concern that somebody's going to dig up some shit about you and be like, I remember this one time at Savannah State, you know, he was... <laughs> 
Yeah, but they all want money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, n- not really. I mean, okay. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, they're probably some things that anybody can twist and turn. I mean, I remember when Barack was getting elected, and somebody made the joke on the news, man. Like, look, man. Some people trying to make Brock look perfect. Some people trying to take him down for being perfect. You know, so it's like, you know, you can do the same thing to Jesus. Like he can walk on water, and somebody will just go, "Look, he can't even swim." <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's right. like, look at the miracle for what it is. So it's I do. I, somebody can twist anything, and then you still got to go back. I mean, I don't really worry about it, but I do feel like I'm getting into a personally a uh, a place to be able to to have a better perspective and go, "Hey, man, just hear me out. I don't care if you disagree, but at least listen to the whole thing first. Because I haven't even reached, in my level of how comedy goes, I haven't reached an opinion phase yet. I'm still in perspective. Here's my perspective on it, but I don't have an opinion because I don't think anybody cares yet. Oh, after they this, care. After this next special? <laughs> they don't care? I think you might go like, I wonder how he feels about this. Mm. And so then I may try to dive into an opinion on, on my own thing. But I think right now I'm still sticking with, like, I need, you to, I need to prove that I'm funny to you. My version of it, though. Now, do your friends and family look at you now? Do they feel like you've made it? Yeah. They, <laughs> they asking for money? Man, I did Not not everybody. I not mean, like, everybody. you know, I mean they asked for some help. You know, can mm-hmm. you post this? Can you do that or whatever? And they're proud. They're proud. And and I mean it was funny, the uh when my cousins first started, like I have a lot of family in St. I'm actually going to St. Louis soon and Chicago soon and Detroit and, and a lot of family in the in the Midwest. But my when I first started headlining, my my cousins in Chicago did not know people knew me from stuff. So Fans taking photos and stuff like that, and they were like, "They get numbers." Hey, no, next time we come to the show, I'm like, "Don't be." What are you doing? <laughs> right. I, they're like, "Oh, well, you know her." I was like, "I don't know her." <laughs> she bought a ticket. She sat by herself. She is not a friend of mine. I know this is weird that I'm your cousin and you don't know that I have fans now, but you got to separate. All right, you got you got you got to learn the game. Right. And so, and when I'm in St. Louis, so it's it's uh majority of my family's there so it's gonna be hundreds of them coming out and i hope they know how to treat it but it's it is it is it is a little different they don't ask for a lot but they might oh uh we need 50 tickets uh, uh, <laughs> like hold on hey slow down i got five you got to figure out 45 tickets <laughs> or who not coming right yeah <laughs> so it's in a number i mean my mom has no problem going like oh i saw a purse now, pick it out send me the link she just Aww. went to she just I just sent her to Carnival so she my aunt wanted to go she was like I think I want to go with Aunt Vicky to Carnival I was like oh, for real I was like you better dress up and do it all she was like I think I'm gonna I'm go so got her the ticket so she has no problem but also if you're gonna ask me for something to ask you know yeah, what I mean don't, like, like, don't, be don't, don't, be, don't be waiting for me to offer yeah she was like hey I want to do this I'm going can I fly first oh so now you want to go first class oh yeah Val go ahead <laughs> Look at that, but, but that's that's a good feeling though. That's it's a wonderful be a good, feeling because I don't do a lot for myself. I mean, if they want to go, I want I I love when my parents want to do stuff. So how has it changed your dating life, uh, <laughs> Mister? What is it? Uh, uh, you're you're Mister. I, I swear I'm single, uh, <laughs> despite the fact that um, your you girl's favorite comic. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh it's different. It's different. People that don't live here that keep up with me are waiting for like, oh, what celebrity are you going to date? Not that I haven't been out with celebrities or you know other public figures and stuff but um i gotta take time to meet someone who's not a fan of me i prefer somebody who doesn't even know what i do i'm sorry what do you do i'm like i'm i mean so you haven't you haven't seen anything (laughs) we should we should definitely go out okay i need somebody to work at a bank that only got a facebook (laughs) (laughs) right 
Well, look, uh, I'm sure, um, you know, you're still enjoying so much of this. But this, to me, is always the fun part of your career when you yeah. are just, I mean, you're not just getting started. You've been at this for a minute. But, you know, it'd be very interesting to see uh, see where you are a year from now. Because I yeah. feel I'm be like, I remember this one time I met Tone Bell and <laughs> well, he hung out with me. I'm trying to call like, hey, Jamil, can I come back on the show? And you're like, uh, <laughs> who, who? No, I, I have a feeling uh, you won't have that problem. But, I'm actually. The transition is coming in where I do feel like I'm going from the dude from that show. Mm-hmm. So like people kind of know my name. So like it's it's kind of happening now. People who stuck with me from the jump, like oh, I'm this dude with a beard is on the show, and now he he's kept working. So I think people are starting to to at least take notice of my career and, and be cool with it. Well, the good thing is you have one of those names where you have to say your first and last. Yeah. So it's hard to forget. So yeah. you, people, I'm sure. Unless I mean, they I'm call sure me Tom, because a lot of motherfuckers <laughs> call me Tom. Do they? And I'm, I tell you what, if there's a Tom Bell profile out there, he getting. He's also having a great career. <laughs> I went to the, I went to the improv once down here, Irvine on the marquee. Tom Tom Ball. Was that supposed to be you? It's like this is not even like that long ago. This is like two and a half, three years ago. I'm like, I've been doing shit. Y'all okay. booked this. Okay. It's my photo with a different name. I was like, you know what? Tom Ball about to go have a great show. <laughs> Coming up next, it's time for a little bit of fuck it, I'm bothered. Tom, we have a segment on this show that we call Fuck It, I'm Bothered. Because the name, you know, hmm. as you know, the name of the podcast is called Unbothered, but it's sometimes the shit we bothered about. It's a, it's a good title. So go ahead, let loose. What's something okay. that you're bothered about? All right. Uh, oh, it's a lot of stuff that bothers me, but this this one is this one. And I don't know how petty to be in, because that's my move, to be petty about it. But uh, so a friend of mine I've known for, I'm going to say 12 years, when I started comedy, known him, uh, started in Dallas with him, moved out here. And we've been tight. You know, we'll go have a beer every now and then, go play some pool. And he was, you know, trying to just hit me and was like, hey, man, I'm embarrassed to ask you because this is, you know, this is it's hard for me to do, especially as a man. And uh, he goes, you know, my wife and I uh, are basically the Kevin Hart bit. We move in banks, the way my bank. Oh, the way you're checking and your savings work. Got it. So Mm -hmm. it was like the whole like, hey, you know, we on a Friday and so it won't be in there till Monday. He goes and we didn't get any cash out. So can I can I can I can you float me like eight hundred dollars for just like some pocket money for the weekend? Right. And I was like, (sighs) he texts me. Right, text me, and then I sent him a, a text back, very detailed. Hey, man, uh, you know I love you. You my boy. I've known you. Wouldn't even be here without you. Like you really helped me out in the beginning, so I really want to help you out. But I don't like dealing with friends and money, so I don't want. I've lost friends for less, and I said this. I was like, I've lost friends for sixty dollars. Okay, so, and here's the thing: is like if I give it to you, and then you try to give me a date of return, and you don't hit that date, now you not only have my money, but you also a liar. Okay. Mm. So I just want you to think about that before I Venmo you this cash. And he was like, I got it. Don't worry about it. I'm working this weekend. The money be there Monday. I got you. I promise I'll be there by Monday. And I was like, all right. So I was like, send me your your name. And I sent it out. And then he was like, let me know you got it. Got it. And then, you know, that Monday come. That Tuesday come. Uh Uh-oh. The next Monday come. Uh Uh-oh. The next Monday come. The next Monday come. We a month out. Ain't even got a text. Hey, sorry about the dough. Ain't, you know, I've been, but I've been seeing you on Instagram, chilling, having a great time. I'm looking at like, you ain't got no reason to be smiling. You got I, that drink, the new shoes you're wearing, they my, they're my shoes. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, and you could at least go, yo, man, it's going to be a little, you know, can, can I have another month? All right, so all you got to say. 
All you got to say, something. Then I just got a Venmo with 250 Oh, a payment plan. And then a 200 Two, Same day, 450 But I'm like, great. Where's my 350 <laughs> Right. This ain't what we did. I had to go read, look at the text again. He did say 800 right? He said 800 All right. This only 450 Still not. It's been two more weeks. Still not an acknowledgement on it. So that just pissed me off because now we so tight and then you made a promise. And it's like, and I just, I just hope the mentality is not, look, man, you're doing all right. Look, you don't need it like right now. That's not that the ain't point. for you to decide. That ain't the point though. That ain't for you to decide. <laughs> and if nothing else, we cool enough for you just to go, look, man, it's going to be a little, little longer than I thought. I know. Are we good? I'd have been fine with that. But now you're making this weird. So I don't know how the only, the pettiest thing, I, and I've been brewing on this, how petty. To, I, I, I see. <laughs> You've been brewing on it. I just want to go like all the photos on his Instagram of him having fun. You know how when a chick flirt on Instagram, you just see six. Like, oh, shit, she flirted with me. I think I'm just going to go to Instagram and like everything I've never liked. Just so you see me in a row like, bitch, you thought you thought I wouldn't. You thought I got a 350? I'm going to start. Com- oh, that's what I should do. I should comment 350. Three- <laughs> just go to a bunch of pictures. <laughs> just, Be like 350. 350. 350. 350. <laughs> so, fuck it. He's bothered about broke people who don't keep their Man, and it's like, it's, And it really is literally not about the money. It's like, if it was somebody I'd known for six months and then I, or some chick I was kicking with and she asked me for money and then it was like, I'm okay getting rid of you. Like I don't want to get rid of you, but now I feel like I'm going to have to because you don't respect me enough. You should respect our friendship enough to at least reach out and go, bro, I am sorry. It's longer than I thought. Some shit came up. Are we good? And then I can go, yes, bro, we good. I want you to be okay. But don't be thinking for, like I had to do, I had to do when I first got my, uh, my when I, you know, we first started to like incorporate your business as like, a, you know, as an artist, as an entertainer. And the dude at uh, Wells Fargo, and this is what, the whole thing that is happening with Wells now, like the whole, they opened up yeah. accounts to do open accounts. I opened two accounts and then he opened up two more and I saw him. He's supposed to hide them on my side of the screen. And I saw him, I was like, what's these other two? He goes, oh, well, I just figured since you was opening these two, I'll go ahead and open. I go, you don't figure. I don't want you figuring. <laughs> don't figure with my money. Right. Okay, you figure with yours. Damn, and you tell bold. me what you're going to do before you're going to. And that's how people got caught up in that. Yeah. Because they get, like I guess, bonuses for like opening up a number of accounts. Right. And I'm like, they just dummy accounts that I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to be able to see. And I, that's the same way I felt. Like, yo, just. Shit, let me call Keith at BB&T. Thank you for this word. Yeah, sure. man, call Keith. <laughs> yeah, like, Keith, you, we all good. So that's, yeah, fuck, I'm bothered by that. I just I just don't know how to, I'm like, I don't want to lose a friend over, you know, what's not man. a lot of money to me right now, but it's, and I want you to be okay. Just fuck it, man. Just reach out, man. We better than that. Right. Um, well, since we on well, we the used mo- to be. <laughs> since we on the money tip, uh, fuck it, I'm bothered as somebody planning a wedding by wedding prices. All right. You know what I'm really bothered? Wait, explain that. Okay. So this is what, I mean, it's not the venue. It, that shit you expect to cost. It's that little shit that's driving me crazy. Like, do you know? Maybe y'all didn't know this. People charge you to cut the fucking cake. They charge you to cut the cake. That's a cake cutting cost? Yes. And to serve it. They charge you to cut the cake and to serve it. You better treat them like I treated my power company. Put that knife down. <laughs> Put it down. Bring my own plates. No, no. Get it out of here. Don't you cut that cake. I got an aunt that knows a knife very well. She'll cut this. She'll cut this motherfucker. And my, got... and my mom and my aunt's up there cutting cake. They charge you to cut the cake. That's crazy. Yes. That's... Six dollars per slice. Six dollars. So y'all better enjoy that fucking cake. I'm going cupcakes. <laughs> Thank you for joining the Jamel Hill is Unbothered podcast. It's going to be a little box. It's going to be on your table already. And then you're going to have to light your own candle. <laughs> right. <laughs>
Jamel Hill is Unbothered is produced by Spotify Studios and Unbothered Inc. and recorded and edited by Rich Burner and Cadence 13. Ashley Van Horn is our head of talent. Evan Dick is our executive producer. Jesse Burton is the executive producer for Spotify. And Denise Holly is the program manager. Our theme music is provided by Corey Greenleaf and Ben Darwish. You can find more from me on Twitter and Instagram at Jamel Hill. <laughs>